Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Media podcast. Uh, we're back this week with our, our usual squad. We got Lucas, Jared, Bart, and Wyatt with me today. And we're going to have a bit of a special episode where we focus on some very hot takes uh, that, that each of us has brought. Uh, and the, the goal of the rest of us is to tear those hot takes apart. Um, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to go back to our, our, our usual cash or trash segment. We're going to have a couple of those as well to, to talk about some of the stuff that's happened in the last week. Uh, but we're going to start out with the hot takes. And uh, Bart, you are the chosen one to begin. Uh, so, yeah, so you're going you're gonna to give your hot take and then we're all going to have our have a rebuttal. So let's hear it. What, what do you what do you have for us? So my hot take this week is that Kirk Cousins is a top eight NFL quarterback. Uh, the context for this. Well, OK, Kirk is like always slept on, it seems. <laughs> but there's recent context in two forms. Firstly, in the Madden rankings, he was slept on and he was not a top 10 quarterback. And then ESPN recently put out a list of their top 10 quarterbacks for 2020. And they, he was also not in the top 10 there. Uh, they picked Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Rodgers, uh, Watson, Breeze, Lamar Jackson, Brady, Wentz, Dak, and then Matthew Stafford. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't understand this. It just doesn't make sense to me. Kirk is better than at least a few of those guys. Um, so, okay. This is, this is how I – this is going to be a very stats-focused argument. So his 26-6 to <laughs> touchdown ratio, excellent. His yards per attempt of 8.1, also excellent. Seventh in the league. His 69% completion percentage is elite. Of all the players I listed earlier, only Drew Brees was better. Only Drew Brees. And his touchdown percentage of 5.9% is also elite. Sixth in the league. It's better than Watson, better than Brady, better than Wentz, better than Dak. I mean, come on now. And I know, lastly, PFF grades need to be taken with a grain of salt. I mean, kind of all the stats do. But um, they grade him at 84.3, fourth best quarterback in the league. Fourth best. And somehow Madden and ESPN don't think that he's in the top 10 in the league. They take, like, Matthew Stafford? Over Kirk Cousins? Are you kidding me? Listen, I love I love some of these quarterbacks as like people, and I wouldn't mind having them on my team. But I think Kirk is better, and I think he gets slept on quite a bit. So that's my take. I love your ultra-specific take as a top eight quarterback. I think that that's <laughs> yeah. cute. But if I'm looking... <laughs> Well, okay. If I'm looking, I'm absolutely taking Matthew Stafford over Kirk Cousins because I have him listed as my number eight quarterback. I'll go from top to bottom real quick. I have Patrick Mahomes, uh, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and then Matthew Stafford to hit eight on my list there. All better talents than a guy like Kirk Cousins who can't even finish on a Monday night, let alone in the playoffs. What? So how many how many of those stats you came from came on a Monday or a Thursday? I mean, Zero. to come to Bart's defense. <laughs> this is, hold, hold on. This like, is my turn. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I got this is my one minute to go. <laughs> this is... Kirk Cousins has already reached his ceiling. I mean, if you just look at the young guys that are in the league, they're going to be better than Kirk Cousins, if not Wait, but, already better than Kirk Cousins here. Matt Ryan Bart, this Matthew is my Stafford. minute. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Stafford is a far superior arm talent to any – Kirk Cousin, Kirk Cousin lookalike out there. All right, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with White as well on that one. Like, uh, I didn't have Matthew Stafford in front of him, but I I think, you know, we have like Russell, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze, and then I would put Wentz, Dak, Deshaun Watson ahead of him as well. Like, dude, what Kirk Cousins has never thrown more than thirty touchdowns in a season. 
Like we we have to we can't. Yes, he takes care of the ball, and that's a strength of his. But he, you need to be able to score a little more, I think, for me to put him ahead of those other guys, and to be the dual threat that like Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz is. So that's why that's why I would put them ahead. Interesting. I mean, the Vikes had the fourth most, I think, rushing attempts last season. So like no. they always yeah, win the but ball yeah, but you can't you can't blame right. the quarterback for that. You're right about that, but then the last season he had the season before that he had like 606 attempts. You know, Whereas, last season I don't know he where did that is like relatively to that. That was that, the most in his lot? career. That was the most in his career in 2018. But okay, I mean, <laughs> you are right though that they did. He only had 444 attempts, which is pretty small compared to the rest of his career last year. But mm. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna disagree with your take, Bart, but I, I do think you have a point in that ESPN really did do Kirk Cousins dirty. I think he's on the Seattle's list. He's 14th or something. Oh wow. yeah, he, he only received two votes of you know of <laughs> the voters in this this top 10 QB list. Ahead of him are Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Kyler Murray. Uh, that that seems like a mistake. Uh, but with that said, I do think that uh, like Kirk Cousins isn't carrying a team and was like never he's not asked to at the moment he's never been asked to do that in the past and i, I think that's a sign of the fact that a, a team wouldn't trust him with that responsibility like he all of his stats are very good and takes care of the ball uh but like ryan Tannehill has the has the same argument you know and you wouldn't call him an mm. elite quarterback like ryan Tannehill led the league in passer rating last year which is something i, I learned today uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I feel like you could have pretty like elite quarterback stats or like very impressive quarterback stats without being the guy that uh, you like you'd want on your team in a in a clutch moment. I think that the Vikes, I would say, are more Delvin Cook's team than Kirk Cousins' team. But yeah, yeah, interesting. So I'm gonna agree with Bart, and I'll give Wyatt a license to interrupt me at any point because I feel bad. <laughs> um, but I um. I tend to actually agree with Bart on this one. I think the guys that you put in the same ballpark as him that would like be ahead of him, potentially taking him out of the top eight spot, are Wentz, Stack, and Stafford. And I think one thing that Kirk Cousins has over all of them is sort of winning success. Like the Vikes are by no means like have never won a Super Bowl under him, but they're consistently, at least over the past or few ever. years since he's been there, or ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've consistently over the past few years always been making the playoffs and one of the best records in the NFC made the NFC championship a few years back um against the Eagles um and that's something that neither Wentz Stack or Stafford ever has really Stafford is consistently on the lines who are awful Dak has made had one good season what? and Wentz has never even oh has gosh. had one good team season <laughs> what an asterisk against that one good season anyway oh my god okay with the, like, one good season their team and Wentz has never even really played in the playoffs and he has a sample size of basically one full season so I don't but, know but Mark okay, Sanchez has the same argument you know like he, the, <laughs> yeah. the AFC championships you know I, I don't know if that's a yeah, Kirk, Cousins I mean, I like... Kirk Cousins at his best is not an MVP level quarterback Every quarterback that I listed is or will win one. That's that is Kirk Cousins already hit his ceiling. I bet you Matthew Stafford he could win one. I don't think he. <laughs> no, you are, you are just he plays on a terrible team. Dude, dude Fine, he's got a wild house. He doesn't need anything more. He's he's out. <laughs> yeah. he's done. I would be willing to put triple digits on Dak never winning one. 
personally. Yeah. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, I would Are you too. kidding me? Are you actually no. serious about that? I don't I'm know serious. about that. No. That's a bully I don't know about that at all. As long no. as Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar Jackson are in the league, no way. He, he's the fourth best of those quarterbacks. I bet you six out of the eight quarterbacks on my list win an MVP. Or they are just cheating. Four of them already have one, but. <laughs> yeah. Or five of them. Yeah. I do agree, though, that the, the eighth spot for best quarterback is, I feel like, very up for grabs. I think the top yeah. seven seem pretty solid. Like, when you got, yeah, Lamar Jackson, Brady, Mahomes, Breeze. Uh, I don't Sean even Watson. know about Brady. Yeah, but... Brady's not in my top eight. Maybe Brady's not next gonna, okay, season, obviously, but in the yeah, past. This season's going to be weird, but I don't know. I mean, their touchdown to interception ratios are pretty similar. 24 to 8 for Brady and 26 to 6 for Kirk Cousins. That's a weird yeah. way of saying Kirk is a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not but it's not a huge it's not that much better. Right. Yeah, I mean yeah, I don't those know. Numbers. But like, yeah, I don't know. I was going to mention this like Kirk lost digs. Brady is getting like a completely new and stacked offense. So next next season is going to be uh, really not even comparable between the two of them, but well, yeah. you got Justin Jefferson. It's like you don't have confidence <laughs> in, in Kirk. <laughs> Justin yeah, Jefferson is my rookie of the year pick, just so you know. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. You know, but we, we used to be optimistic when we drafted the Quantrell well, and then we know how that. Also, ended, so. I by the way, this is this is an undocumented. But years ago, I picked Dalvin Cook to win Rookie of the Year, and then of course he got hurt. But <laughs> just no, I'm a believer in the guys that the Vikings draft. So yeah, I need receipts. Right. Yeah, I need, I need proof of those. We ready to move on? Yeah, let's go. All right, hot take number two. I'm up at the plate here. Let me reset my timer. All right, my hot take is that I would take in today's NBA, I would take Jimmy Butler over James Harden, and don't let the three high three point volume of today's NBA twist your reality on what it takes to win a championship because uh, the game is currently dominated by great two way players, specifically those who can play the wing position like Jimmy Butler does at the number two. Uh, he can impact the game on both sides of the ball, and let's not. James Harden is a far better talent between the two players, and he'll probably go down as like one of the best offensive players of all time. But I think his record goes to show that he isn't putting his team in position to win championships at all. Harden doesn't play a style of basketball that lets you win championships. And Jimmy Butler is a dog. Every team that he's been on since since being traded from Chicago has had significant increase in success. And I think being the player that he is, he's... He's easily a more valuable player to me than James Harden is. I must be in a good mood today because I'm agreeing again with this take. <laughs> I think for a lot of the reasons why I mentioned, he's a better two-way player. And I think why is framing it in the context of like if you want to win a championship, you want Jimmy Butler over James Harden is completely correct. Jimmy Butler, if you're a piece away from a championship team, Jimmy Butler can be that piece. Mm. James Harden, I don't know if he is. James Harden has to be the center of a team, and he has to take a lot of shots a game and get a lot of foul shots and has to have guys cover his butt on defense Um, and because he's a liability. I mean, I know highlight reels are never... (laughs) Perfect, but if you watch his defensive highlight reels, they're atrocious. Jimmy Butler, I think, well, may not be the scoring talent that Harden is, I think what he brings to a team makes that team a lot better and brings more dimensions to it than James Harden ever would. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give you a taste of your medicine and strongly disagree with your take. Um, no, I mean, I I see what you're saying, but like in the same way that you can say um, in today's NBA you want a two-way player, I could say in today's NBA you want somebody who shoots better than 25% from three, which is what Jimmy Butler does. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. I don't think it's fair to say that James Harden is not like reliable for the playoffs. I mean, how many finals has Jimmy Butler been in? How many Western or Western slash Eastern Conference finals has Jimmy Butler been? All zero, right? A mm-hmm. lot fewer than James Harden. He's obviously like capable of leading teams to some postseason success. Maybe not all the way, um, but like Jimmy Butler played with the with the Sixers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and they still couldn't do it. So. I, I don't think that's fair to say. I mean, Harden has an MVP. He's got a lot more All-NBAs. I will grant that James Harden will never be All-NBA defense, which Jimmy Butler has done a few times. I, I still think, like, James Harden is just a he, – he puts up great numbers, and he, he I think he does a better job of leading his teams to, like, long-term success than Butler does. Yeah, I have to agree with Bart in disagreeing with Wyatt's take. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've, we've established that Harden's better in almost every stat. They're identical – I know you can't measure everything on defense, but they're identical in steals and blocks per game. Um, I don't think you can you can't make an argument that that Butler is a better teammate than you know than than James Harden. I don't think you can make that argument. Am I rebuttal to the to the um, you can't play with somebody who just dominates the ball? Is the Raptors did that with Kawhi Leonard last year? I mean, Kawhi's- Kawhi Leonard is a good two way player. I know you're going to say that, yep. but they but. They, you can win with one player. Your offense running through one player, I think. Not that player is James Harden, though, because Kawhi is a yeah. way better two-way player than James Harden is, and that's the reason why he's also one of the best players in the game. I mean, you look at the guys who are great uh, two-way players and some of the guy, best guys in the team like Giannis and Paul George and Kawhi, and, and those guys, they play both sides of the ball. And James Harden is is up there as a guy who you, who you might want to watch play basketball, but I mean he's not a guy who's going to win you a championship. <laughs> well, but what about okay? What about the year that the rap? Sorry, go ahead. Aiden. What about him? What about the year that they were they were a, a Chris Paul hamstring away from beating the Warriors? <laughs> Chris Paul. I don't know. Not about probably. It's a but that was a, a good, total. They had a good shot or uh, a total like, collapse on the behalf. What of about like Harden. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant? Nobody thinks of them as defensive stalwarts. I would take both mm-hmm. of them easily over any of the other players you mentioned besides Kawhi. Ke- okay, first of all, Kevin Durant is a great defensive player. Steph Curry is not, and Steph Curry on his own, you saw him not do anything against the Raptors team, who also only had a single star. Yeah, but like would Paul George. He did not do anything. He went off. Steph Curry went off, dude. They lost. They could he couldn't he couldn't handle Fred Van Vliet. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Are you kidding me? He couldn't. He could that's that's a fact. He couldn't. I would take Fred Van Vliet over Van Vliet over both. Over Steph Curry. Uh, That's my hot take. Uh, but um, I'm actually I'm gonna agree with you, Wyatt. I'm gonna take the majority into agreement here. Um, wow. And I think that if I were to start a team and, you know, wanted someone to carry my team somewhat, I would pick James Harden. With that said, I don't think James Harden will ever be good enough to carry a team to the finals or um, a championship. I just do not believe it. I don't think he's well-rounded enough. Um, I think he's a volume scorer who is elite in that, uh, but will never, like, work well enough with a team to make it work. And I think Butler, Jimmy Butler, if I had, like, a team and I had a, like, a missing roster spot, I already had some good players, 
and I could get Harden or Jimmy Butler. Jimmy P- Butler is going to fit better in pretty much any context. James Harden is going to totally change the the dynamic of the game. Um, like everything has to be centered around him, and I I think Jimmy Butler is more likely to to be on a championship team because of that. And for that reason, I would take him. Yeah, I think you saw that especially with the Sixers last year too. Like, I mean, they were a Kawhi bounce away from <laughs> making the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals, and I mean, you see how the Eastern Conference champion went. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was the missing piece on that team, and him missing this year shows how valuable him and a player like him was. Right. And I don't know if you put James Harden into the Sixers. I think that team is a nightmare. But I think Jimmy Butler <laughs> For was opposing the defenses. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So just just a little context here. So last year on the 76ers, they were 51 and 31. This year, they're 39 and 26 and sending number six in the playoffs. Bart, I'm going to mention your team. I'm shocked you would disagree with me on this point. The year before Jimmy Butler got traded, they won 31 games, sat number 13th in the playoffs. The year Jimmy Butler did play for them, they won 47 games, made it into the playoffs. And the year after they le- he left, they only won 36 games and were number 11 in the playoffs, which means they didn't get in. Well, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here arguing that he's not good. Like, what, you, you, yeah. who's to say that James Harden wouldn't have helped them more? Yeah. I'm just saying he's valuable. No, he's absolutely valuable. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I would rather pick him, and I would rather pick him over James Harden if I was really trying to build something. <laughs> All right, no, it's, it's fair. If Jimmy Butler didn't win with Wiggins on his team, how can you say he could? <laughs> yeah, you know, true. How can say never? A yeah. true number two superstar. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, I'm up next. I'm going to go with a, a less kind of concrete um, hot take. I'm, I'm going with that. I think uh, the penalty box and power plays in the, in the NHL are, are a feature that should be added to more sports. Uh, and personally, I don't watch the NHL. I've watched maybe two hockey games combined in my life. Um, actually, okay, professional hockey games combined in my life. Um, <laughs> But I think the one of the most exciting features of the NFL of of the NHL <laughs> is the power play, is the penalty box, the fact that if someone commits a foul, you get this kind of uh, like one team has this advantage on the floor and is going all out to score at the moment because you know they have more players, they're gonna they're gonna go for it. Um, and I think this is a feature that we could add to more sports personally. Uh, I think basketball, for example, I think instead of having a player foul out at six fouls, uh, you could start having the player sit in the penalty box for like a minute uh, and playing like a five on four and, you know, seeing that get wild, you know, if multiple players, you know, have a, have a six foul, we could have five on three, five on two. Um, but, um, but honestly, I think it like, I think that dynamic of seeing a defense try and play uh, undermanned uh, and basketball would really be interesting to watch. Uh, I think it's at least something that should be tried in the NBA All-Star game. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I, w- I would like to see it. I am, I am intrigued by, the, by the, the idea, and I'm disappointed that it hasn't spread outside the wonderful, obviously, sport of hockey. Wow. I appreciate the creativity, Aiden, but that's a terrible idea. Like in basketball, dude. Like, okay, so hockey, hockey does power plays because they're trying to increase scoring to make it more fun to watch, right? Because they don't score that much in hockey. Mm-hmm. Basketball, like basketball players, defenses are already playing undermanned because you can't touch the guy. So like they're already playing with two hands behind their back. Um, 
the numbers, like when you think about like record books, would be so inflated at that point. Like James Harden would probably be averaging like fifty <laughs> points a game at that point. Like it'd be it would be insane. Um, and then it's in terms of like defending when you're when you're undermanned in hockey, mm-hmm. you can like kind of crowd the middle a little bit, and that will work. Cause it, cause you can't really, you don't just see like somebody flipping it from like fifty yards mm-hmm. back and making it in the goal. But somebody, a basketball player, you don't, you need to guard them if they're out far, you know, because they can hit the three. Where a hockey player, you don't necessarily have to do that. So I think logistically, it wouldn't work. And I was mm-hmm. going a more basketball centric approach. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would work. Yeah, yeah, I can see that the the uh, move of the NBA is obviously a a three point league at the moment. I think that would. That would make the five on four kind of disappointing if they just went up and shot a, you know, like a <laughs> wide open three. <laughs> yeah. But That's probably I think say. that, in ter- I think it would add an interesting dynamic in terms of players deciding or coaches deciding whether they want to take a big man out or like take the risk of having that five on four. Because at the moment, I think it's kind of lame when you lose a guy or just like mm. straight up and it's, and it's over. I think this would add like a, should I, should I not kind of uh, move to it that year. I think it's part of the game and that people get five to six fouls and then they have to play the game right and they have to manage minutes because if a star player gets three fouls in the first half, he's going to have to sit a little bit and he's playing sloppy. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I think that the NBA doesn't need the penalty box because it doesn't have to change the pace of the game or like Jared said, have James Harden go off for 50 <laughs> or we don't need, we honestly don't need another hundred point or 81 point game in the NBA. It just, it doesn't make sense. I I don't really care about the power plays. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a super strong opinion, but to play four on five in a game that's already so hard to play doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. To clarify, I'm not talking about four on five for like after that it's over. I'm talking about for like a minute. <laughs> like, right. Like but the let's say box. Like hockey. let's also say this. Let's say that the penalty is so minor that you only sit out for a minute that they're just hacking players and they're causing their flagrant fouls. How far do you really want this to go? We're getting to the NHL where, where people are just squaring up in the middle of the wait. Why the thing would it just lead to, to, sit down it lead to players hacking players? They'd be out for a minute and they'd be five on four. Yeah, but they That's wouldn't care desirable. as much because they wouldn't be out of the game entirely. Yeah, it's like two possessions versus thirty possessions. I don't know if you're out the entire game. So wouldn't you just hack more? But but if you're out thirty possessions, there's someone else in your place. Like, yeah, I mean, we'd have still, to look at the plus minus yeah. on that. He's going to figure it out. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Aiden, I've known you for a while, and this is the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Give it to me straight. I mean, a Lucas, lot of reasons I thought. <laughs> a lot of reasons that I was going to mention have already been discussed, but one, two is like the degree of difficulty in scoring. Like hockey, it's hard to score in, so to give like a team an advantage, you need to make it like significantly easier for them to score. In basketball, it's already easier. To, it's already easy to score, so you just make it even easier. So I don't think it like scales correctly, as opposed to like how it should impact the game. Second. Would you have it like the NHL where it ends whenever the other team scores? In which case, it could last like five seconds. <laughs> like, like, like I basketball. I about it, but that's a, that's a solid question. You, you score a lot in basketball. It could, you know, it would be over so quickly and be a, basically a nothing possession. So I would argue I have a hard disagree I would argue on this that one. it scales better to basketball because in hockey, like, there's going to be one goal in the game. Like, you know, or, okay, there's not going to be one goal in the game. But if there's one goal in the game, which definitely could happen, and it's during the power play, that's, like, kind of, like, crappy, isn't it? If it was just during the, you know, 
the time when someone's undermanned. Whereas in basketball, it's just like another basket. It's it's two more baskets. Yeah, but I mean, I guess by that logic, then it's like pointless. Like, why even do it if it's just so <laughs> like a because it's thing. fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'll give that to you. Yeah, I'm like sort of gonna make it four for four. Because um, here's the thing, I I agree with everybody that in in basketball particularly, it's probably it wouldn't work super well. But you you did get me thinking. Like, I do agree it would be cool in other sports. Like. Yeah, basketball, it'd just be tough being four and five, but mm-hmm. I was thinking like in, in the NFL, for example, having an, a defense play down one man for a play or having an mm-hmm. offense play down one man for a play would, would be very, or even for like a drive. Or like in the MLB, if like the defense had to like mm-hmm. choose, should they, take, like, should they take out an outfielder, like maybe like take out you know, the shortstop, for example. Yeah. That would be an interesting dynamic, actually. But I, I think in those sports, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's easier because they have more people to make up for it, right? So it's not such mm-hmm. a big loss. But like like everybody has said in the NBA, it's already pretty easy to score. And if you lost, well, like if you lost a player on offense, I guess like it wouldn't really. <laughs> we might not even notice as fans. But the, the defense is playing with four guys. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think if it's not broke, you don't fix it right now. As far as like the the foul system goes, so. Yeah, I think that I didn't pick the NFL because the NFL. I feel like there's already a very clear penalty that happens when someone commits a foul. Whereas in the NBA, like. What, when they really stopped the game much. in the NBA, yeah, and they let the players shoot for a couple for a little bit because he got hacked. Yeah, but does that mean <laughs> you don't that think much? that that's clear? No, I, I would bet. <laughs> like if you looked at Wyatt, if you looked at the points per possession for like a normal possession versus one where someone got gets fouled and shoots two free throws, especially given that the NFL, the NBA is so heavy in terms of three shooting at the moment, I doubt it would be that different. I don't think you get a super big advantage from getting fouled at this point. Like, whereas in the NFL, if you get fouled and you get a 15-yard penalty or even a five-yard penalty, that's pretty rough. Like, I don't know how you'd apply something else on top of it. Like, I don't know how you could be like, like five yards, 10 yards, and then also you lose a guy. Like, maybe it could be a choice type thing. But I mean, tell that to James Harden on how he he gets his fouls. (laughs) Yeah, James Harden, okay, might be, might be an exception here. But yeah, anyway. (laughs) All right. So I am up next uh, with my hot take. And when we talk about the GOAT conversation in basketball, it usually centers on two men, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Today, I'm going to argue that players like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell should get more airtime when you're having the GOAT conversation. They're both legends, and I think they get written off too easily because it's like a different era of basketball. But by that measure, you can write off anybody from any era because the game is never the same at any time. Like, Michael Jordan played, like, when... Like when you couldn't play zone when you couldn't play zone defense. So like it's a completely different game than LeBron's playing it now. So you can write off that difference. Bill Russell also won eleven titles. If titles are one of the big arbiters of like who's the best, Bill Russell is one of the best ever. His stats insane. Sixteen points per game, twenty two rebounds per game. No one's ever gonna do that again. You wanna know what you know what else no one's ever gonna do again? Have Wilt's stats, where he not only also averaged 22 rebounds a game, but also 30 points and won four MVPs and two titles. The argument I feel like is typically like, oh, they were just better than everyone else in the league at that time. But, like, isn't that the point? Like, if they're the best of all time, they would be better than everyone else in the league. <laughs> so I think they get written off because people, there aren't that many people who are alive when those guys were playing. Mm-hmm. And so they don't last in the memory as much as, like, Michael Jordan or LeBron James do. But I think if you're talking GOATs, you should mention Will. You should mention Bill Russell. So, 
I, yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing about everything that you just said is that you can spin it the other way too. I feel like this is, it's a great argument for why the GOAT conversation is a stupid one if you try to compare everybody. Yeah. I think is, is, is like what I get from this. Um, like you said, nobody's ever going to have Bill Russell stats again, um, like 11 championships. But I think that speaks more to like how diluted the league. I mean, there were six teams, right? So like I, I, I really I like the idea of like breaking down the GOAT conversation more by era. Um, and I think mm-hmm. like in that sense, Bill Russell and Wilt absolutely are. Uh, they're obviously deserving. But like, I don't know, like Bill, Bill shot 44 percent. You know, nobody ever talks about that. A center today could never do that, right? It would be unacceptable. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's not like they were flawless players. Like, Wilt, like, literally didn't bother learning how to shoot free throws at first because the rule allowed him to just dunk. So he just dunked it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so, in, yeah, in my opinion, I, I, I agree that they're really good, but, like, the, the game is just too different now. Um, like, players could never play how, how Wilt and Bill Russell played back in the day, and I think it's not really even worth comparing them across eras like that. And really, if you want to get into it, you could argue that like current modern era is better and more fun to watch anyway. In which case, like if you had to pick a player from one of the two eras, I think it would be somebody from nowadays anyway. <laughs> but that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree. It's like hard to like compare between eras, and it might make the goat conversation valid. Just like under the presupposition that we're having it, I think like one thing too that like well today might be more fun. Taste game might be more fun. Like. I think players were more dominant then. Like, I think a Wilt or Bill Russell was more dominant comparatively in their game than anybody will be in today's NBA. But does that speak more to how good they were or to just the fact that basketball wasn't as popular? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, yeah. it, I think it's hard to parse out. You know, like... Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I had trouble with this one, for sure, because... Yeah, the, the GOAT conversation is obviously very difficult because of the definition of GOAT. Is it who is most dominant during their time? Uh, in which case, Wilt and Bill Russell definitely deserve airtime. I think Wilt and... I, I would say I agree with this in general because I do think Wilt and Bill Russell deserve airtime in the debate. I do think they should be mentioned in it um, in the way that you go like, yeah, yeah, Wilt and Bill Russell, but now let's have the real conversation. <laughs> but the, the reality is that it's more fun to debate Jordan versus LeBron because, like, we've all seen more footage of them. We know them better. They're more recent. They play in a, a version of the NBA that we recognize more. Um, so I think that's why it's easier to have that conversation and also more inter- interesting for, for us to have that conversation, uh, which is why I think they get a lot more airtime than Wilt and Bill. Do Wilt and Bill still deserve to be mentioned? Probably, Yes. Yeah, I, I think they deserve to be mentioned, but not ahead of, like, Kareem. Somebody even like Kareem, I don't think. Um, I, Lucas, I, this is kind of maybe a rhetorical question you can answer a little bit later, but do you think the NBA will be – that players in the NBA on average will be better in 30 years down the line? I think they would with, like um, – especially as NBA, like Bart was kind of saying, as NBA becomes more and more popular in the U.S., that the best athletes will want to play that. Presumably, like, our, like – science on athletics and exercise will be better in 30 years as well and and also think about this in 30 years we might not even be debating lebron jordan it might be lebron zion or zion and some other guy or whatever so i the the conversation just changed depending on what what area you live in so i think it's fair that i think it's fair that they don't get as much airtime as they do is actually what i'll say yeah why yeah i think oh oh I think, like, considering the point of, like, in 30 years down the line, will he be better? Yes. But I think, 
like I, I agree with that just because of sports science and better athletes playing. But I think if you're talking about the greatest play basketball of all time, because it's so hard to compare, like you, you'll never have a sample of like Wilt playing against today's players. So the only thing you can have to compare them against is what they were doing. And Wilt is, even though he didn't win as many titles as Jordan or even LeBron, like his individual dominance will is not matched by either of those guys comp- comparatively within the time period that he was playing in. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's true. I think all we do is compare eras when we talk about the GOAT conversation because that's one of the main arguments on why Jordan is the GOAT on how like tough his era was and why LeBron can never play in it. And I think we all agree that guys like LeBron and uh, Jordan can play ag- across all eras, which is why we consider them the GOAT. I mean, <clears throat> Bill Russell and Wilt played in like really diluted leagues. Uh, like you said, there weren't that many teams when Russell won 11 championships. And I'll be honest, I think I could average 15 points per game. <laughs> that's that's the hot take that's for the episode. Yeah, that's exactly that's okay. I, I, it will. I mean, Wilt is such an anomaly to me that I you can't even take it seriously, considering <laughs> like just like the overblown numbers that he has, and just to kind of poke holes in his hundred point game. Um, the Knicks finished with the worst record that year, the hundred point game, and they didn't have their starting center, so they had a rookie guard him. So I mean, it's just like it was completely different back then. You can't compare guys like like Bill Russell. I mean, and as far as even like like I agree with Aiden, where you go, oh yeah, Bill Russell, oh yeah, Wilt, and then you kind of move on to the real conversation. They're greats for sure, but yeah. they're not goats. Mm. Okay, I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to change my opinion though. Even though there were some very convincing arguments made. Nice. All right. Well, I am the last hot take, and mine is is I guess a little less specific as well. My take is that college sports programs should not receive postseason bans or scholarship reductions for NCAA infractions. The big argument is that these bans punish student athletes that had no involvement in these scandals. The most egregious example of this is USC, where things that happened with one athlete, Reggie Bush, uh, well, in, in football at least, in 2004 and 2005 affected the players playing in 2010 and 2012. They were like 15 when that happened. It makes no sense. It does. You're not punishing the people responsible, um, and you're you're punishing people that just had nothing to do with it. This happened this year, this summer as well in June. Um, an assistant coach accepted bribes in 2016 and 2017. So they're saying, okay, the players in this year cannot play. It makes that makes no sense because it it just runs contrary to what the NCAA uh, NCAA says they do, protecting student athletes. But they're missing. They're making these athletes miss out on the college athletic experience. And then for scholarships, it just I, I know that people want the team to be punished, but a reduction of scholarships is just eliminating free college education for deserving for deserving candidates. A sporting news writer, Mike DeCorky, had brought that up. Um, and you're not because you're not like you're getting rid of the scholarships for one team and you're not giving another team more. So you're basically saying these 20 players that would have gotten a scholarship, you're, they're not going to because there's not enough for them anymore. Um, so I think this is kind of in general begs the question of what is the actually what does the NCAA actually do they're just a punishing body really are they actually protecting <laughs> their student athletes not really but that's my take oh man you actually kind of swayed me a little bit <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> i was going to i was well. going to disagree with you aiden do you have a hard opinion on this do you i might have you jump ahead of me <laughs> So that way I, I can I listen to one more. I was a little swayed by Jared, but I, yeah, I'm, d- I'm down to, to jump ahead and, you know, tear Okay, jump apart. ahead of me so I can um, see if but... maybe you can <laughs> sway, sway the other way. 
Yeah. No, I think the scholarship argument is a very good one, Jared, um, that you're not allocating that elsewhere. That does feel unfair. Uh, but I mean, it begs the question of like, what should you do when they break the rules? And I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, actually. (laughs) Let's hear it, Jared. Yeah. Okay. Well, for example, I think the loss of a Heisman Trophy is completely fair. Just saying, well, you said you were doing this legally. You said you were doing this like under the rules. You can't have that trophy. You you like all that stuff you did on the field is real, but we we, you can't have that trophy. You can't have that word. Firing and banning the individuals, which they already do, and making those scholarships. I don't know if you could really give them to other teams because, like, how do you pick which teams get yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. But making lottery. those scholarships go to like non-student athletes yeah. instead. Yeah, but you don't I think, think that you don't think that championship should be stripped, correct? Because yeah, because I, I well, I don't know. I uh, I don't know about like previous vacated wins. I I don't really know where I stand on yeah, that. Yeah, th- so I was thinking like, more like future yeah. actions. Yeah, I th- I think like vacating stuff and um, stripping st- like stripping championships and such is not the right move because like no one everyone's still gonna remember you know us as Reggie Bush winning the Heisman you know um, like mm-hmm. no one's gonna forget a team winning the championship. That's why I think postseason bans are kind of necessary in that they're like it's gonna affect the college's pocketbook and they're gonna consider that. Uh, like that legitimately but, hurts them. Um, I they agree. can make it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And, yeah, I, I interrupt. I, I think that they should do away with the scholarship reductions and keep the postseason bans. Even though, yeah, the NCA is like corrupt in the first place. So I don't know if this is even a conversation <laughs> worth having. But I, I think postseason ban is something that they're like, oh, that will actually hurt us. That will significantly hurt our recruiting um, and our outlook for the next couple of years. So that's a reason to not do this. But is it fair to punish the university when Reggie Bush acted on his own? receiving impermissible benefits like mm. you're punished i think you're punishing the wrong person the, or the wrong yeah. entity yeah it depends on that fault yeah if it's you know. if it's the yeah if, there, if it's the reggie bush case then yeah it should just be an, an individually focused thing but there are definitely cases where it's the administration or the coaches who are definitely involved you, and in that you case, could, well, they, you they could even say the same though. thing though but like but, like with chase young they didn't they didn't hurt ohio state they just suspended chase young mm-hmm. so i think mm-hmm. that they do now focus on a more individual base i think the reggie bush one is is an anomaly as far as harsh uh, but i was just saying they did it in june of this year oklahoma state can't compete in next year's postseason if it happens (laughs) you know like they're still doing it they still do the scholarship reductions i I think just it's punishing the wrong person like even conversely if an administration if an administration does something wrong should those student athletes be punished i don't know if that's fair either no it's no it's definitely a fair question it's a bit like you got to punish someone and like the sport is what they care about so like if if there's no like effect on that on you know how the the sport that they're corrupting then Mm -hmm. like i don't know if it's going to change behavior or if it's enough you know dissuading enough yeah well, the Oklahoma State one says this ruling concludes an investigation that a, a former Cowboys Associated coach accepted bribes to influence student athletes. I think that should be against the rules. I think they should get banned yeah. for that. Yeah. I, 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 your, rules, your, scholarship, but... your scholarship one is really hard to counter. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. and It, 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 it is harsh um, for the kids who don't get to have those scholarships anymore. But how else are they really supposed to punish them if they don't have postseason bans? Because it should affect their recruiting if they're cheating to recruit and now they can't do what the ultimate goal is, is win a championship, right? Nuss players are going to want to go there. It should hurt their bottom line on that. Yeah, but I don't know. I just think 
Because why? Like why the, then? Why, why wouldn't they just stop? Or why would they? Why would they stop doing it if it had no effect on winning championships? Because wouldn't you just continue to bribe people? And you have like a fall guy who's like, you give this assistant coach, and now this assistant coach is just people don't do that hiring. Don't. But what if they did? The reason why they don't <laughs> do that is because they get banned. Yeah. Yeah, the, the individual, the individual should be should be punished. I think. Okay. And if it's you a recurring what? thing, never, in the like, administration. Should if be. a school wants to hire me and pay me a little bit extra just to bribe guys and be the fall guy for the NCAA, I'm in. Then the person that hired you should be gone. Like people are, I don't think people put their careers on the line as much as we think on that kind of stuff. People aren't like knowingly saying, "Hey, we're gonna hire you so that you can do illegal stuff," because they're putting their career on the line. Like people don't do that. Not yet. I don't think. <laughs> Not yet. <clears throat> anyway, I was I, I I had some arguments prepared against Jared, but he presented like the platonic ideal of an argument. So <laughs> I have <just laughs> been completely and totally convinced. So oh. if film doesn't work out, you should check out a career in the law. Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I still I still disagree. Uh, Why? Oh. Well, no, I, I I agree I agree with what you're saying overall, but I, I think it comes back to Aiden's point that like you you need to be drastic enough in the punishment so that it actually makes a difference. And I think that's the thing. Like, oftentimes it's hard to single out individual people. It, it's oftentimes like an establishment kind of like culture thing, and you need to punish like collectively i think in order to actually make a difference otherwise like why i was saying people will just keep doing stuff i would love to hear ideas on how to do it better i i will admit that like the the scholarship reductions especially are not like an ideal fix but i think for now like postseason bans and that seem like they get the job done i mean it's not totally fair but like the ncw the whole college sports system is kind of screwed so yeah i don't know i, I just think it's it, yeah what if they made it to the postseason, but didn't didn't uh, receive all of the like monetary benefits that come with that? Because you get like money for appearing in bowl, certain bowl games and stuff like that. And... Mm-hmm. But like, do you think that? Mm, I don't know. But like, is like, the glory of winning it all? Yeah. Is that? Can I, you ever I, take that away, think, Jared? Yeah. Well, I think the university would see monetary benefits for years as a result of winning it all, or something like that. You know, it'd be it'd be hard to like cut right. off like Versus, that's why they do it in the first place right is it gains them national attention they're gonna have more people apply they're gonna have more people you know right donating stuff like i don't know how the ncaa draws the line it's like this is you're not getting this money because it's gonna be hard if, to prove if you take away the play. opportunity to play in the tostinos bowl then <laughs> you know a lot of teams are really gonna shy away from doing something like that so the meow mix bowl uh, yes. you can't miss that you, you, the, if you want more information on all the ridiculous bowl names, you can go back and listen to our episode yeah. from December where we picked every single one. Help the I listens. listen to it daily, uh, personally. This is me. All right. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully our, our hot takes were hot enough for all our listeners. We're going to now transition into our classic segment of short stories. Uh, cool things off a little bit. Um, I'll start <laughs> things off here. Um, the news that the the Washington football team is officially going to be changing their team inspired me to do a little bit of digging uh, into the history of NFL team teams that have changed their names and how that how that went for them. So I'm gonna just try to get through this 
fairly quickly. All right, so there are eight of them, and I will admit that I didn't dig into that super deeply. I kind of just took the first source I found, but there were apparently eight teams ever that changed their names. So in 1921, the Decatur Staley's became the Chicago Bears. Their record change was a wash, so ignore that. The Boston Braves in 33 became the Boston Redskins. Once again, the record didn't really change. The Portsmouth Spartans, I wish they had kept that name, became the Lions in 1934. Uh, they gained three wins the next season. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, if you guys realize that they actually didn't used to be a baseball team, became the Steelers in 1940. Yeah, Makes sense. Uh, they also gained one and a half wins going into the next season. Um, the Dallas Texans became the Kansas City Chiefs in 1963. Um, so this was around like the time of the NFL-AFL merger. They actually lost five wins into the next season, and they had won. They had won the championship as the Texans, and then they just sucked as the Chiefs. So that was an <laughs> L. Um, the New York Titans became the New York Jets also in 1963. They uh, improved by changing a loss into a tie, so half a win there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns became the Ravens in '96. I don't know how many people realize this because then three years later, the Cleveland Browns again existed. Kind of a weird franchise move. Um, that lost them one win. And then lastly, the Tennessee Oilers became the Titans in 1999, and they gained five wins that season and actually went on to lose in the Super Bowl. So in summary, there's a net net of plus four wins across eight teams. So my research shows that Washington can expect to improve on 3-13 by actually going 3-12-1 next season. However, <laughs> counting only teams that didn't change their location too, like so only the team name changed, not the state or city or whatever, they never got worse. And of those four teams, they actually had a plus seven net change. So maybe Washington can actually expect to go more like 5-11, and 11, right? Washington fans are salivating. <laughs> uh, but lastly, lastly and most importantly, I think this research, very profound, very thorough, shows that in a wild turn of events, uh, Washington might actually have a 25% chance of making the, the Super Bowl next year. There were two, two of those eight teams did that. So mm. something, to, something to simmer on. Um, Place your bets now. <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's just it's kind of interesting. They're, they stay in Washington, so I think, yeah, it, it might have a positive <laughs> net effect for them. So that's one, my t- um, interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's that's my story. One interesting thing about the team name change too that I saw is that somebody in like some guy who lives in Virginia got wind of like that they might be changing, mm-hmm. so he got the trademarks on a bunch of like potential team <laughs> names, uh, <yeah. laughs> and they're currently engaged in a trademark battle with this guy to like <laughs> get the team name they want. Capitalism. Oh, <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so the other day I was scrolling through Twitter, and I uh, I came across this little video uh, celebrating Zion's big birthday. He just turned, I think, 20 years old, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, but the person who Whoa. was wishing him happy birthday was Miss Carol Baskins, the Tiger King legend. Um, it was a very eerie video. Uh, she still as off-putting as ever. She called. She welcomed Zion to be one of her, her cool cats and kittens. Uh, it was just in a very odd video that Carol Baskins all of a sudden came out of the woodworks to which to wish Zion Williamson, who has nothing to do with Florida, I think, where her resort is at, has nothing to do with her. It's just completely out of nowhere that she decided that she was going to let Zion uh, be happy. Now, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, all I all I'm saying is that I'm just I'm worried about Zion now. I feel like that this might be the Carol Baskins curse and have some sort of long term effect on his career or at least this year's playoffs. <laughs> if they don't make it in, I'm blaming blaming Carol Baskins. Uh, I think we've seen plenty of witchcraft come out of um, you know sports and suspicious stuff, and uh, 
superstitions. I mean, and this is one of them. I'm, I'm adding this one to my list of superstitions. <laughs> All right. So we're going to finish with some cash or trash uh, fan favorite, uh, team favorite here. So Bart, <laughs> going to throw this one to you first. Cash or trash, the Eagles should have cut Deshaun Jackson. I'm going to cash it. I'm going to cash it. I think uh, they just – I don't think they did en- enough in that um, it doesn't really seem like he got like much backlash from like the general like NFL society. Um, and I think they should have cut him to like make it like I know they would have seemed hypocritical in that they didn't really do much to Riley Cooper a few years ago, but uh, I still think it would have been the right move. It seems like, you know, everybody exploded on Drew Brees after what he said. What Deshaun Jackson said is like much, much worse. And the backlash was like not really even comparable. So I think they should have done more. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to push back on that and I'm going to trash it because exactly what you brought up is that they didn't do anything to Riley Cooper who said the N word and he would said he would fight those N words in like the, some sort of concert and Drew Brees, nothing happened to Drew Brees. He didn't get cut and he's one year from retiring. Um, I think that he did get plenty of backlash from a lot of the Jewish community in the NFL, although they are little, they, they did say uh, a lot. Um, So I heard, I've definitely like in the last like three days, I've heard a lot about Deshaun Jackson and the comments that he made and like the pushback and he was penalized by the Eagles. And I think being cut would have been way too far. And honestly, a little hypocritical for a team that did nothing to maybe I would say a very similar situation in Riley Cooper. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Let's swing it over to Lucas. Let's start with you. Next up, if the ACC does go conference only this season, Lucas, cash or trash, that will include Notre Dame. I'm going to cash it because I think they said the other day they tried to accommodate Notre Dame as best they could, but I'm going to trash that they should. Uh, Even as a Notre Dame fan, I think Notre Dame shouldn't expect to get the benefits of being a conference without actually being in one. Like, I love Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a great place and a great team, and they'll always be in my heart, but... The Notre Dame exceptionalism wears a little thin sometimes, and they're on the ACC. They shouldn't play ACC games. Like I think it's as simple as that. Why should they? Why should ACC teams take a bigger risk of letting another team just because like Notre Dame wants the NBC Sports contract? Secret Michigan stand over here. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm cashing that they will and should. I mean. For some of those schools, it'll be the best game on their schedule if they don't play Clemson. I, I don't know if they're going to rework it to where every team plays everybody, but if they didn't play Clemson, that would probably be the best game on their schedule. So who wouldn't want that on their resume? Obviously, Notre Dame needs it, so I'm I'm cashing that. <laughs> yeah, Bart, let's head it back over to you. Uh, players who ho- who opt out will be blamed if their teams underachieved during shortened seasons. Yeah, I'm going to cash that. Uh, I don't think that they should. But I think fans are super fickle. Fans are really impatient and just like, we are all just really deprived of sports right now. So I think people are going to lash out. Um, it's like, yeah, I think the players who set out are justified in doing so. But I think people are going to be like, oh my God, like um, like, like Avery Bradley, if you yeah. had just been on the Lakers, we would have won the finals <laughs> instead of getting like swept by somebody. I don't know. I think yeah, people are gonna, just going to be unfair because sports sometimes bring out the worst in people. So uh, yeah. that's my... Uh, prediction Aiden what do you think yeah I'm also catching it I think at the moment we've seen generally pretty positive or at least you know neutral reactions to players saying that they'll sit out 
Um, and I think uh, Bart's right that that'll change come, you know, come playoff time, especially for teams that are contending or favorites like the Lakers, for example. Um, and yeah, I don't think it'll be everyone, uh, but I definitely think um, even if it's not like a logical reason to blame Avery Bradley or, or someone like that, uh, that'll be an excuse that can be brought out. Uh, and it's it's not like an injury where you can say like oh like you know like I feel like people will will make it like oh they could have played you know and this is this is kind of on them. Um, I hope it doesn't become that, uh, but I, I can see that happening. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we're gonna we're gonna head um, to a, a different continent. Uh, Liverpool will break the Premier League points record. Lucas, what do you think? They got three game three matches left, three fixtures left, uh, and they need to I believe win all three to break it. Yeah, cash or trash? I'm real down on my favorite sports teams today because I'm going to trash this as well. Um, they uh, they started 31-1, which is remarkable. Um, but since the season has come back, they kind of slipped up. They drew against Everton and Burnley. They got smacked around by Man City. Um, their last three games are against Chelsea, Arsenal, and Newcastle. Um, I think they'll beat Arsenal and Newcastle, but Chelsea's been pretty hot recently, even though their defense sucks. Christian Pulisic, the American savior, has been like <laughs> arguably like the best player in the whole league since it came back. So I love Liverpool. They've got their title. It's great. But I think they'll finish with 99 points or 98 points, whatever two more wins would be. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, I'm trashing it as well. Um, uh, my, I, I think the, the same outcome will occur. I, I think Chelsea, uh, and our, our American boy, uh, will, t- will take that spot. Also, Chelsea's still playing for something at this point. Uh, they're, they're not locked in, mm-hmm. correct, for a Champions League spot. Uh, so that they'll have a reason. Liverpool's not look like they have any reason <laughs> during their last several matches. They're having quite, quite a long hangover, um, from, from, from clinching. And I guess it doesn't, doesn't totally matter. Maybe this doesn't mean anything to them at all. Uh, but I am kind of surprised that uh, they've been so so lackluster, and I, I think facing a team that, that has something to prove and something to gain, uh, who's also very good, uh, will will lead to them not breaking it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna finish off our caster trash segment with some Madden. So, Jared, caster trash. Patrick Mahomes deserves to be in the ninety nine club on Madden. Um, Dev, that's an easy cash for me. He's he's the best player in the league. Um, I mean, his other ninety nine counterparts were Chris McCaffrey, Aaron Donald, and mm. Stephon Gilmore. McCaffrey. He might be even better than yeah. That's an interesting one. He might be even better than all those people. So um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna cash that. He's a Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one that one surprises me. <laughs> what do you think, Wyatt? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna double down, and I'm not gonna say he might be better. I think that he absolutely is the best player in the league right now. So 100% cash that he deserves to be in the 99 uh, club. I think I think Christian McCaffrey is more of a conversation. Although I would give it to him, I think that you can make a real mm. argument where maybe he's a 98 or a 97. But Mahomes, no chance. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson's a 97. I don't see. It. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. What was Lamar Jackson? Hold on, real quick, before we. Yeah. The Lamar Jackson was also a 97, I believe. Okay. He um, was up there. Cool. The Madden ratings this year for some of the quarterbacks are terrible. Deshaun Watson, as of right now, ranks as an 86. Whoa. 86 overall. Uh, you know no. what? That's a great question. I, I learned this <laughs> earlier. I don't actually know. I just know he's not top 10. <laughs> That's all. Not I even top. Know. Not even top eight. Which is blasphemy. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, I really think the Madden, the Madden uh, okay. rankings people kind of do it. For Russell, me. Russell's ninety-seven. Lamar's ninety-four. Wait, oh. Kirk is an eighty-one. Ooh. That's that's a travesty. Wait, no, no, yeah. no. You're looking at you're looking oh, at. Oh no, that's last, last year. That's last year. Yeah, no, no, no. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yes, yeah, so someone update eventually with the with the accents, so. but. Yeah. <laughs> TBD on Kirk. True, true. We will will never know. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Thanks for tuning in. We have a special shout out this week to our listener of the week. Um, So big shout out to Yellow Heart, Yellow Fist, My Shows, Dash, Leon, Bumblebee Emoji, Ant Emoji on SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) Who left a nice comment on our show. <laughs> so if you want to be shouted out like my show Leon with all the emojis, I'm not going to run through them again. You can tune in every week. <laughs> We're always out on Wednesdays. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And tweet at us on Twitter if you like what you see. So have a great night, everybody. Or day or whatever time it is. <laughs> <laughs>